a bonus episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast. Today we're talking all about relationships and how you can use the DISC model of human behavior to create better, stronger, more resilient, more impactful relationships. This is is training that multi-million dollar companies use to train their employees in customer relations. This is training that coaching businesses use to help families create stronger relationships. They use this training to save marriages. So if you can take this information, apply it to your own life, use it to create stronger relationships, you will have a better you by the end of the day. By the end of listening to this episode, you can transform your life. And no, I'm not being trite. I'm not being... I don't even know what the word is. I'm not, you know, I'm not exaggerating this. This is true, real stuff that you can use, that you can apply to your life today, the end, infinity. Let's jump right into it. Hey guys, what is up? We are live. I hope you can hear me. Hope you can see everything good. Hope y'all are doing awesome this evening. I'm super excited for what we're going to be talking about. Um, I talked a little bit about this in a recent podcast. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Personality styles. What I went into that day was the fear archetypes from the book Do It Scared. And that's one aspect of personalities. But what we're talking about tonight is the DISC model of human behavior. And it's something that I'm super passionate about, super excited about. And I, I love talking about this stuff. It's, it, it's awesome. Essentially, learning better who we are, learning yourself, understanding yourself better, and at the same time, understanding others better because, you know, personalities are personalities. So if you understand one, if you can learn about the personalities, then you can learn better how to read people. You know where people are coming from when, you know, depending what they do or say, you know kind of why they're doing or saying the things they do. So I've got some slides that I want to share. I'm going to be sharing this as an audio podcast. So I'm going to be talking through all everything that I share. I'd, I'm the type of person who does not like when somebody shares something on the screen that has lots of words. And I'm sitting there trying to read it, and they're over there talking, saying something else. So I'm going to be reading through these slides as well. So if you're watching, you can read along, listen along. You can listen in, listen on audio. This is going to be good stuff. Look, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, I don't remember who the podcaster was, but he was interviewing Bob Proctor. And he said this, and I've got it scrolling across the bottom of the screen. If I want to be free, I got to be me. So I start by learning who is me. And that's what we're talking about tonight is know thyself. That's what I've called this event. and. We're going to learn or we're going to talk about things that you can use to better understand yourself, who you are, and how 
just give you an understanding of how you operate in the world. Maybe how you tend to approach different situations and relationships. And you're also going to get a picture of how other people approach those same relationships. And you're going to begin to see how they come together, where potential pitfalls in different relationships are, whether that's a romantic relationship or work relationships. A lot of these things, this is information that multi-million dollar corporations use to help their their office flow, their office relationships. They they use these in dealing with their customers. You know, these are customer relations things as well as personal relationships. So I'm going to jump into, I'm going to put the slides up here on the screen. And if you've got any questions, if I move through this stuff too fast, just drop a comment in, ask a question and say, hey, slow down, go back on that. I, I didn't quite catch all of that. I'm going to move through pretty quick because we've got a lot of stuff to go through. So with that, let's jump right into it. Typically, when you want to understand yourself, to, to better learn who we are, there's two questions that you can ask yourself. And the first one is, am I more outgoing or am I more reserved? So an outgoing person, they tend to speak and move with higher levels of energy. And I'm, I'm sure you can think of people who move really fast, who are always doing. Even their gestures and facial it has more passion than a reserved individual. A reserved person tends to speak a little quietly, um, less forcefully, and their gestures and facial expressions are a little more guarded. You know, they're not all out here. They're a little more guarded than outgoing individuals are. Some of the traits that you can look for in these types of people. An outgoing person is fast-paced. They're very involved in what's going on. Highly energetic, optimistic, positive, and enthusiastic. And their focus is on talking things out. They like to talk things through. A reserved or passive individual, they're a little slower paced, more cautious when it comes to doing a new project or trying something new. They're more concerned about what's going on, a little more reluctant to, to do new things. And they like critical thinking. And they're typically very discerning. Their focus is on thinking things through. The second question that you can ask yourself, and you can see we're creating a graph here. The first question was outgoing or reserved. And you can see outgoing move towards the top of the graph, reserved move towards the bottom of the graph. The second question is, am I more task-oriented or more people-oriented? You move left or right on this graph that we're creating, on this model. Task-oriented people tend to focus more on the job to be done or the goal to be accomplished. They seem to be less influenced by the opinions of others. They're more logic-based in their approach. Whereas people-oriented individuals, they tend to enjoy the company of people more. That's their priority rather than the project at hand. They're more influenced by the opinions of others, and they're less fact-based, more sensitive and emotional. And I'll tell a little story here. Um, if I can, there we go. I'll tell a little story. Think, if you will, of a guy who's out picking up sticks in the yard or, or raking the leaves or something. Somebody who is more task-oriented 
he's probably got his head down. He's really getting into the work. He doesn't want to be interrupted. Like if, if somebody comes around the corner or starts coming up to him, he's focused on the job, trying to look very involved in what's going on because he doesn't want to be interrupted. But somebody who's people oriented or on the right side of this model, this graph that we're building, they might be out there picking up sticks or raking leaves, but they're looking around for their next victim that they can go talk to. They can pull them in. They want somebody to do the thing with. They don't care what they're doing. Like the task is the least of their concerns. They want their neighbor to pop their head out of the door so they can talk to them like, hey, Bob, come on over here. Help me pick up sticks. Let's talk about the game yesterday. They want people to be with them, whatever they're doing. So that's the, the difference between task-oriented and people-oriented right there. So I'm going to pull the slides back up. So some of the traits that you can look for in a task-oriented person is form, function, programs. They like these things. They like plans, projects, and the process. Their focus is on getting things done. They're like, I just want to get it done. Like we talked about the guy picking up sticks. Like, don't bother me. Come back another day. I've got a job to do. Ended individuals, they are all about the relationships, more caring, sharing. They have more emotions and feelings and friendships. If you ask my wife, I don't display many emotions. <laughs> I'm not a people-oriented individual. But somebody who is, their focus is on other people and how they feel. So you can see we've built this model, outgoing, reserved, task, and people-oriented. When you combine those two ways to divide the circle, you see that there's four parts, and that's the four temperaments in the DISC model of human behavior. And everybody has at least a little bit of all these four parts, or the, or the, the DISC model. Most people have predictable patterns of behavior, and they relate to if I can read, they relate to specific personality styles. The four basic personality styles in the DISC model, which is D, I, S, and C, are also known as temperaments. And they blend together to determine your unique personality style. So this can help you understand why you often feel, think, and act the way you do, as well as understanding other people in that. Here, there's some words that we use to describe each of the personality types. For the, the high D, the, the D in the disc, the, the outgoing and task-oriented, they're often more dominant. Oh, no, they are more dominant. They're very direct and demanding. They're very decisive. They make decisions quickly. They're very determined in what they're doing. And they would be described as a doer, somebody who just goes out and gets stuff done. The I, the outgoing and people-oriented person, is inspiring influencing, impressionable, interactive, impressive, and they're very interested in people. The reserved and people-oriented individual, we call that the S. They are supportive, stable, steady, sweet, status quo, and shy. The C is the reserved and task-oriented person. They are more cautious, calculating, competent, conscientious, contemplative, and very careful. And if you were to take each of these four personality types out onto, say, a firing range and let them shoot a gun, the D is going to be out there, ready, boom, aim. Like they're ready, fire, aim. They're 
they're all about getting it done. It, you know, this is, they don't take time to aim or to think it through. It's ready, fire, aim for them. The I, the influencing, inspiring people person, they're like ready, aim, and then they'll pull the gun down and talk to you for a little bit. Maybe talk about the gun, see how you did when you were shooting. And they just want to talk it through. The S will be like ready, aim. Well, is this really safe, or is is there nothing behind the target that we're gonna hit? Like this is this is okay, right? Like we can do this, and it's, we're not gonna hurt anybody, are we? They're concerned about the people. They don't want to hurt anything, and they they want to support. They they probably would give you the gun and say, "Here, I'll I'll spot you while you shoot." The C, the cautious, calculating, contempt contemplative person they are the ready aim aim they they aim all day they're they're the type of person who is going to prepare for a project and over prepare and over prepare they never feel like they're ready to actually do the project like they're aiming all day they have to have a catalyst to fire or understand that firing is the struggle for them There we go. So this is what we call the model of human behavior. We have the D type. You know, these people, we, we kind of went through these words, dominant, demanding, direct, determined, decisive. They're a doer, often directing things, dogmatic, dreamer, diligent, dynamic, and they can come across as defiant. By percentage of population, they're about 10%. Some examples of people who are a high D are Donald Trump, Judge Judy, Dr. Phil, and Hillary Clinton. Some of their basic needs in their environment, they like a challenge. Like if you tell them, I bet you can't do that, they're going to be the first one to go out and try to do that to prove you wrong because you just challenged them. And they like choices. Like they don't want to be said, be told, I have to do this and in this manner and that's it like that takes all the choice away from them they don't like that and they like to have control of a situation um, some of the some of the careers that d types do well in i'll just read through a couple of them administrators executives producers athletes fighter pilots race car drivers boxers foremen and real estate developers these are people who are going to go out and do the thing. These are challenging jobs, and they've got choices within that. And there's a lot that they can control in those types of careers. Some of their strengths are that they're strong-willed, determined, independent, optimistic, practical, productive, decisive. They're a leader, and they're very confident. But some of their weaknesses, they can come across as angry, cruel, sarcastic, domineering, inconsiderate, proud, crafty, self-sufficient, and unemotional. There's always, call it a yin, yin and a yang, if you will. Like there's, there's when you operate within the strengths, when you're working in the, in the positive of each personality type, it comes across as a strength. But when you go into the negative, the inverse of the strength is the weakness. And each personality types has their different strengths and weaknesses. So when they're balanced, 
under control, they're courageous, quick to respond, goal-oriented, results-oriented, deliberate, self-confident, direct, self-reliant, straightforward, and competitive. Out of control, they can be reckless, rude, impatient, pushy, dictatorial, conceited, offensive, arrogant, abrasive, and ruthless. And I'm going to check the chats. We're also live in Odyssey and Float. So I'm going to pull those chats up and just make sure there's nobody over there. Doesn't look like any comments have come through. So let's move on. Some of the things that a D-type likes, they like lots of activity. They like big things. Think massive buildings. It was probably a D-type that built, say, the Sears Tower in Chicago or um, over in Dubai, the, the massive, I think it's now the tallest building, or it was for a while the tallest building in the world. That was probably a D-type because it's huge. They like challenge, competition, debate. This type of person is somebody who, if you say something, they're probably going to challenge you on that just, just because. That means that they're interested in it. Like they're just going to challenge you to a debate on that thing just to because they can. And they like doing things. A D can be critical of poorly performed tasks. They complete amazing amounts of work. Like these are the people that are like, how do they get so much stuff done? They might believe that approval and encouragement, like when they approve of and encourage other people, they believe it will lead to complacency. These people tend to seek leadership roles, but they could learn to delegate responsibility instead of trying to do everything themselves. And they can be very intimidating people. They're goal-oriented, intense, industrious, performance-conscious, self-confident, and firm. They don't like indecision. So if you're dealing with a D-type, especially on the job or in a relationship, don't waffle in your decisions. Like, ah, uh, I don't really know. Like, you need to make a decision. They don't like slow activities. They don't like talk without action. Like, don't just talk about it. Talking isn't doing actually do it. Go do it. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Just do it. They don't like unproductive people, activities without a goal, and being told what to do. But they want you to be quick, confident, productive, to the point, specific, and driven. D-types in your organization, school, business, and team who are dominant enjoy making decisions to solve problems so they can reach their goals. To effectively read the outgoing and task-oriented or D personality style, they have blunt and to-the-point vocal tones. They use forceful tones. They're very ready to speak, and they're not afraid to speak their mind. They have high volume. They speak fast and challenging, and they make statements. They rarely ask a question. It's all statements. Um, their, their speech patterns or conversation patterns are directive tones. They don't like touchy-feely, emotionally terms. They're often engaged in another activity while they're working or while they're having a conversation, rather. They're, it's not just sitting here talking. It's talking while we're doing something. Attempt to direct the conversation so that they... That's their control, and they can come across as very abrupt. Their body language, steady eye contact, if they're interested in, in the conversation. Um, they can come across as impatient, and they use lots of gestures. Like they're probably pointing out at the out of the distance out there. They, they're leaning into the conversation, and they can come across as pushy, and they have a very firm handshake. 
Some of their workplace clues are that they have full calendars, not many family photos, a large desk, very few personal distractions. And if they have any awards, they've got them displayed on their wall. Hey, we're a fourth of the way through in 20 minutes. This is going really good. If you've got any questions, go ahead and drop them in. We're moving on to the I type. This person is inspiring, influencing, inducing, impressive, interesting, impressionable, important, interchangeable, interested in people, imaginative, impulsive, but they can also be illogical. One of my best friends is the high I type. He loves being with people. He's interested in everybody. He can carry on a conversation with a fence post. Quite literally, I believe he could. Like he just loves being involved with other people and talking. <laughs> I don't see how he does it so much. By percentage of population, they're about 25 to 30 percent. A few examples, Jim Carrey, Will Smith, Oprah Winfrey, and Ellen DeGeneres. Their basic needs, their environment needs are for recognition, approval, and popularity. If they walk into the room, they would love it if you shout their name so everybody sees them come in. Like, because that's recognition. If they do something, like if they do something awesome, they like approval, like, Man, great job. You did awesome in that. And loud and vocal. Like, tell everybody what they did. And they want everybody to like them. That's the popularity. Some of their strengths are that they're friendly, compassionate, carefree, talkative, outgoing, enthusiastic, warm, personable, and fun. But the inverse of that, their weaknesses are that they can be weak-willed and unstable, undisciplined, restless, loud, undependable, egocentric, exaggerative, and frivolous. Under control, they're optimistic, persuasive, excited, communicative, spontaneous, outgoing, expressive, involved, imaginative, warm, and friendly. Check this out. I was joined by a friend. This is my dog, Rue. She loves attention. She must be a high eye because she likes people. <laughs> Out of control, an eye can be unrealistic and manipulative, emotional, gossipy, um, impulsive, unfocused, excitable, directionless. Uh, they can daydream a lot and they can seem purposeless. High eyes, they like exposure to lots of people. They like lots of activity and they love making people laugh because then they feel liked and they feel popular. They like short-term projects because they don't like focusing on one thing for a long time. And they like to be on the go and they like that prestige. They like to be announced in front of the whole room as somebody important. Um, they enjoy making people laugh and they can be either higher than a kite or lower than a skunk. It's it's often one or the other. They're, they're not a level plane here. They're either up here or down here. And I don't know if you can see my hands there. They have lots of friends and they might think that talking about something and doing it are the same thing. Like, you know, those people who, because they talked about it, they think they did it or that's how they come across. That's the high eye type. Um, they can learn to focus a little better and they take pleasure in playing while they work. Like, if you can make a game out of their work, winner. Especially if you've got kids that are the high eye type, 
make a game out of their schoolwork or make a game out of taking the trash out or whatever their chores are. If you can gamify what they're doing, they love it. That's going to be great for them. They're fun to watch. They're great starters, but they get bored quickly. They're very likable, prone to exaggerate, and easily excitable. They don't like being ignored. Ask my wife. She does not like when I ignore her, or not even purposely. Like She'll start in something, and I'm in, involved in something. I'm the task-oriented type, so I'm in my task. Everything else is a blur. Nothing else is going on around me because I'm zoned in. And she's over there talking and all of a sudden realizes that I haven't been listening. She doesn't like that because she's a high eye type who does not like being ignored. They don't like being ridiculed or looking bad, being isolated or doing repetitive tasks or any kind of constraints on them. They want you to be fun, responsive, stimulating, positive, upbeat, and enthusiastic. In your organization, school, business, or team, they are the inspiring people who love interacting with people so that everybody has a great time. To effectively read the outgoing I personality style, listen to their verbal or their vocal tones. They probably have a flexible time perspective when speaking. My dad also is a high I type. So he might say yesterday for something that happened three years ago. Or he might say, happened a while back and it was two hours ago <laughs> it's a it, like the time perspective is is a little skewed there sometimes they use an, an abundance of inflection you know some monotone and other people have lots of expression in their voice that's the high eye type they're very ready to express their opinions and they have high volume fast speech and they're very dramatic and they tell lots of stories and anecdotes about those stories. They remember the, the little things about those stories. Their conversation or speech pattern, they use varied tones, varied tones. And they talk and listen in feeling terms like, oh, I feel something, something. How did you feel about that? They're often distracted with things happening around them. And they tend to tell everything they know. So the high eye type has to work really hard to keep a secret. Oops, I, I switched, didn't I? <laughs> okay, their outward or visual body language. They use animated facial expressions. They're very poised, charming, and very personable. They use a lot of hand and body movement, and they can often look distracted. But people gravitate towards them. They're like, have a magnetic pull, and people just love being around them. In the workplace, you can recognize this person by because their decor reflects an open and lively environment. They're flashy and trendy with fun pictures everywhere. Their furniture that they might have in their office indicates warmth and ease of contact. They might come across as cluttered or disorganized, and they've probably got notes posted on the walls with no rhyme or reason. Like It's not going to make any sense. Moving on to the S-type. We're half the way through. <laughs> These people are supportive, steady, stable, secure. They are a servant. They're very sweet, submissive, shy, status quo, sentimental, and they like things to stay the same. But they can be a sucker. This type of person gets suckered into things quite easily. By percentage of population, they are about 30 to 35%. 
Some examples are Martin Luther King Jr., Paul Abdul, uh, Mother Teresa, and Gandhi. These were people who had very much of a servant heart. They liked to help other people. Their basic needs in life. They like appreciation, security, and assurance. They, they want to be appreciated for the things they've done, but unlike the I type, the S wants only you to tell them. They don't want to be called out in front of the whole room. And they like security. Like They want to know that they're secure in their relationships or in their job or whatever, whatever situation they're in. They want reassurance and assurance that things are going to be okay. Some of the careers that, that they do well in are artists, directors, school teachers, child care workers, librarians, secretaries, counselors, managers, social workers, customer service, nurses. You can see how these people are all helpers. They all serve other people. Some of their strengths are that they're calm and dependable, easygoing, trustworthy, efficient, practical, conservative, diplomatic, and humorous. But as a weakness, they can be stingy, fearful, indecisive, a spectator. They, they like to hang back in the corner. They're very self-protective. They can be unmotivated and selfish, timid, and shy. Under control, they're relaxed, reliable, cooperative, stable, a good listener, single-minded, steadfast, soft-hearted, systematic, amiable. But out of control, they can lack initiative. They can be dependent on others. They can easily be used by others. They can be very indecisive and uncommunicative. Um, they can be inflexible, resistant to change, easily manipulated, slow, excuse me, and resentful. They like peace and friendly environments. They like being a stabilizing force in whatever situation they're in. They like to finish the job. They like helping others, and they love teamwork. It's all about us, like everybody. They consider the feelings of others. They'll support you. They like to take their time when doing things. And they're very sentimental. They stay with proven methods, and they want to be appreciated. They're also very agreeable. They make loyal friends. They're great finishers. If you need somebody to finish up a project for you, this is the person that you need on it. They're compassionate decision makers, concerned about how to start, and they're the nicest people in the world. What they don't like is insensitivity, intense conversation, misunderstandings, sarcasm, surprises, and being pushed. They want you to be kind, patient, pleasant, understanding, caring, and gentle. An S-type in your organization, school, business, team, they are supportive and they seek to maintain accepted routine so they can make sure everybody is comfortable. To effectively understand the S personality type, their verbal and vocal tones, their steady, even-tempered delivery, they are less forceful in their tone of expression and they hold back or reserve their views and opinions. They tend to talk with a lower volume at a slower rate of speech and they ask more questions rather than make statements. Their conversations or speech patterns. Hey, Barry, he's checking in on float. 
said an odyssey it's not showing up there weird huh i don't know why this it should be sorry about that i'm not sure why it's not up over there their conversations or speech patterns they have warm tones they're natural listeners and they listen in friendly terms like they don't like confrontation they talk a little softer and if you interrupt them they're quick to stop like they're, they're not going to talk over you for sure they're usually the last one to speak but they often have the solution to the problem and they're very conversational their visual body language they make intermittent eye contact because if steady eye contact feels confrontational to them um, they're very patient they use gentle gestures and like you know they have a meek little handshake often then they come across as very reassuring they, they might if you're in a conversation they might touch your arm or touch your hand or something just gentle and reassuring they have much slower moving body language uh, clues for these people in the workplace is that their environment is friendly and relaxed they have family pictures and personal mementos displayed they're systematically organized and they have a very traditional desk because they like tradition and sameness their personal items recognize their hands-on volunteer work because that's them helping people and they probably have some things that show off or illustrate their relationships now moving on to the last personality style this is me we get to talk about me now <laughs> i'm a high c so this is this is my territory <laughs> the high c the reserved individual and task rating they are cautious competent cognitive careful calculating critical thinking they want compliance yes conscientious correct conformist consistent but they can be cold they will quickly give you the cold shoulder just ask my wife by percentage of the population they are around 20 to 25 percent some examples of the C personality type is Diane Sawyer, Clint Eastwood, Tiger Woods, and Martha Stewart. Their basic needs or their how they operate the best are with quality answers, value, and excellence. The C makes good accountants, engineers, physicians, architects, finished carpenters. I've done that one. Pilots, artists, inventors, professors, authors, lawyers, scientists, bankers, librarians, and surgeons, and a few more. The strengths of this personality type. They are gifted, analytical, sensitive, perfectionistic. They like aesthetic. They're idealistic, loyal, self-sacrificing, and thorough. But their weaknesses are that they can be self-centered, moody, critical, negative, rigid, theoretical and impractical it can be unsociable and revengeful so don't cross this type of personality <laughs> under control they're orderly logical intense curious teachable cautious correct questioning uh, conscientious precise but out of control they can be compulsive and critical unsociable prying easily offended fearful inflexible doubtful worrisome and picky they like consistency detail excellent work creativity and getting it right 
that's where you'll find these people. They think in concepts. They have lots of questions. If you want to know how many questions the C-type will ask, he would probably reply, well, how many questions are there? <laughs> they ask lots of questions. They can come across as un uncaring, but they want to understand. They want to exceed your expectations. So you'll see this person wanting to know what your expectations are so that they can outperform that. And they often see the pitfalls in a situation or in a, um, in a concept or a design. They can be difficult to please because they're so focused on excellence. They're very dedicated to the task, self-sacrificing, logical, and very attentive to the details. They don't like being criticized. They don't like mediocrity or illogical changes. They don't like mistakes, unnecessary interruptions, or ambition without a plan. But they want you to be open-minded. They want you to be accurate, accountable, analytical, structured, and reasonable. In your organization, school, business, or team, the cautious ones, the C-type, they seek the facts and follow the procedures so they can uphold the principles. To effectively read the C personality type, their verbal or vocal tones, they're less verbal, more written communication. They use structured and careful speech patterns. They're very formal and proper, and they're less varied in their vocal quality and often have little inflection. You might have noticed that. <laughs> and they have very limited sharing as far as how much they share in their, in their speech. If you've ever had a conversation with me, you know that if something requires 12 words to say it, I will probably say it in three. I'm not the one who can take a five-minute or a, a five-word answer and turn it into a 20-minute lecture. I'm quite the opposite. <laughs> That's the C personality type. Their conversations or speech patterns, they can be monotone, and they use thinking words instead of feeling words. They ask a lot of clarifying questions because they prefer more information. Like, how much information do you need? Well, I want all the information and then I'm going to go look for more. They ask pertinent, pertinent questions instead of making statements. And they speak carefully with less expression. Their outward visual body language, they have few facial expressions, non-emotional assessing posture, very few gestures, and the gestures that they do display are very controlled. They come across as assessing. They're slower moving. Workplace clues are that they have a formal and neat environment. They have pictures neatly hung on the wall or in a nice row on the shelves. Uh, they have a very organized and structured desk, and they prefer functional decor to give them a more efficient workspace. And they'll often have charts and graphs and credentials displayed and job-related photos. So here's a few, this is a fun little thing right here. The D as a question, they ask what? They want to know the bottom line, like what's going on? Just bottom line of it. The I wants to know who is going to be there with them. Like who, who are we going with? I don't care what we're doing. Like whatever. I want to know who we're going to go with. The S type wants to know how we're going to do this. Like how, how are we going to go about it? The C wants to know why. Like, what's the point of it? Why are we doing this? 
Um, let's go on down to motto, the fourth line here. The D says, just go for it. Come on, go, do it. You got it. The I says, lighten up. The S, the S was a, uh, a musketeer. All for one and one for all. The C says, if something can go wrong, it will. <laughs> Their philosophy. The D, I want it yesterday. The I, oops, I switched here. Let me see if I can go back. Yes, the I says, let the good times roll. The S, working together, we can do it. The C says, don't show all your cards. They're, they're holding their cards in. <laughs> um, and down at the bottom, the D wants results. The I wants to be liked. The S wants reassurance. And the C wants understanding. I think I'm going to stop there. We're at 40. And I'm going to run this as an audio on my podcast. So I'm going to end that. See if there's any questions out there. Uh, there is a ton more information in here and i'm going to drop a link in the comments where if this stuff interests you you can go get your own personality type to learn more about yourself how you operate this these go super in depth like um the one I did, there's there's different levels that you can do in in the in the reports. I think there's like a, a 12 word or 12 page, then 20 page, and I think mine was like 70 pages. It was the leadership profile. Basically, what it does is helps me to understand how to better lead other people, recognizing their personality types. That is a really good spot to end it. I went on to answer a few questions. If you want to catch the rest of that, you can go check out the video. I'll drop a link in the show notes, but I, I didn't have a lot more content within that as far as going through the disc personality. I did answer a few questions, so you can go definitely check that out. I'm going to drop a link down in the show notes where you can get your own personality assessment. I did hear from somebody recently who took the assessment and here's what she had to say. I really liked the personality assessment. It was thorough and told me some things I needed to hear in a way that I could hear them and not just push them off. It was spot on with a lot of things. Other things I questioned, but as I thought about them over the week, I realized they were pretty accurate as well. I especially like the sections that said, Here's what you're doing, but here's how other people might see that. Also, I like the part about relating to other personality types, how to make our strengths work together, etc., etc. So that was a recent convert to the DISC personality assessment. No, not convert. It was somebody who recently did the assessment, really enjoyed what she learned in that, and she also did mention that it was one of the most challenging personality assessments she ever took and she loved personality assessments so that was an interesting side note so i'll drop a link where you can go find your own and if you want to learn more if you want to chat with me about it before you dive into a personality assessment i'm open to that as well all you've got to do is send an email to me 
coach at kennethash.com. I'll drop a link in the show notes. Do good work. <laughs>